Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, it's Tuesday, which means Rick Bennell joins us. We talk about the Hornets that have the most value. Is there any separation between a guy like P.J. Washington and Devontae Graham? Should Kobe Bryant be the logo? Hot topic of discussion. And this. There are just... Tough places very quick talking about I know. I get it. I understand. (laughs) I'm just... Look, here's, here's the thing. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Thanks for joining us on the Locked On Hornets podcast. As always, it's Tuesday, which means we have Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer join us on the podcast. If you want to follow him on Twitter, you can do so at Rick underscore Bennell. Rick, thanks for the time. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I hope you are too. Yeah, absolutely, Rick. We appreciate you coming on again like you do every single week. And, you know, I want to get some of your Kobe thoughts maybe at the end of the interview. Certainly something seismic that happened this past weekend. Definitely want to hear some of the things that maybe stuck out in your mind after watching Kobe Bryant for so long. Let's get to some Hornets talk at the beginning, though, and we'll save some of that Kobe stuff at the end. Um, Just looking at the value of some of these younger players on the roster, Rick, I understand that nobody's untouchable. I, I, I find that term, you know, probably used a little bit more frequently than it needs to anyway. But considering this roster, who has the most value on this team right now, especially with the trade deadline coming up and just overall, who do you think has the most value? You know, I think Walker, I think the best way to look at this would be sort of, you know, strata layers. Um, I think the, the two people who would be hardest to justify them giving up for something else would be Devon a. Graham and PJ Washington. You know, I think everything about the Hornets people have to look at, as a long-term view, nobody should be looking at, you know, what, what difference it makes, what they are the next four to six months. Uh, to me, the next strata would be some combination of uh, Miles Bridges, Dwayne Bacon, Malik Monk, and Cody Martin. I'm not saying that any of those people, you know, you just would, would say, well, you know, you can't trade him. But I think those are people who obviously all are young enough you know, and who have shown to one degree or another enough talent that you could at least conceivably seeing them in a rotation on the next playoff team. Um, you know, it's funny, Walker, I've got a couple of, of questions from fans, you know, suggesting that, like, for instance, people would there, – there are people out there who would be comfortable with, like, giving up Malik for anything, you know, like a high second-round pick. I wouldn't do that. Um, you know, we all know what's, you know, what you know, is flawed about Malik, but, you know, every once in a while he has a game like the one in Paris and you say to yourself, there is something to be said for the idea of, you know, playing this out to see what he might be. Um, I, I was talking to some friends this morning at Shoot Around who cover the Knicks, and I said, do you believe that the Knicks – have serious interest in Malik and they said yes and I they but they they made it, both of them made it very clear both beat writers that they wouldn't see the Knicks being receptive to giving up a whole lot for him and I said well then there's not a match because there's no way in the world Mitch should even have a conversation about with anybody about Malik that does not 
does, would not bring back either a, a similarly young, you know, player or a first round pick. And that just doesn't sound like the kind of thing the Knicks would do. No, I completely agree. And Rick, when you look at the top tier, right, it seems like Devontae and PJ are in a tier by themselves. Do you yes. think that either one of them compared to the other has more value enough to matter? Um, I think it would be more difficult to justify giving up PJ only because since he was a first round pick, that's a controllable contract that goes out well into the future. He, you know, the time that you would spend exploring PJ Washington's um, potential is both longer and more cost effective because he's on the rookie scale. Uh, the only thing you worry about with Devane, and I do think they need to have this in the back of their minds is, are they in danger of either losing him hypothetically or having to overpay him at some hypothetical point? I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be very iffy whether, whether he would agree to a, an extension before he gets to restricted free agency. Um, I've talked to people who understand the NBA salary cap who don't have a you know, have a rooting interest in this. And Bobby Marks, for instance, um, really doesn't know whether they can create a contract the way the world's rules work that would take Devane off the market before he at least becomes a restricted free agent. Well, Rick, let's continue down that trend. What do you think the effort will be by the Hornets to keep Dwayne Bacon? You know, that situation, it seems like it's kind of self-correcting. I was getting all kinds of questions from advanced scouts from other teams about Bake before the season started. I never get that question anymore, Walker. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, the fact that he has had an undistinguished season just kind of makes him, you know, a random guy in the free agent market. So what I'm getting at is that if the Hornets want to keep him around for a couple of years to continue to see what he might be, I don't think that that's a big expensive thing. And just as importantly, if for some reason some other team wanted to make it a big expensive thing, I wouldn't have any problem with Mitch saying, go your merry way. Rick, what about Bismack Biombo? If he does not get dealt at the trade deadline, and I would imagine each day that passes means that there's a slimmer chance of that happening. What, what do you think the chances are that the Hornets bring Biz back? And what do you think they should do um, if you were Mitch Kupchak? Well, first of all, I'll warn you that I don't, I think that it's very seldom that teams get serious about their best offers to each other until the last 48 hours before the trade deadline. Um, but that's, you know, aside from that, I thought for a long time that if Biz is at that point in his career where he'd be willing to come in, you know, as a kind of a complimentary off the bench player at a reasonable salary, and I'm just doing this off the top of my head, but say he would agree to, I don't know, three years, 18 million. And I, and I'm totally, that's totally me coming up with that off the top of my head. I think the Hornets should consider it because, let's face it, center is in many ways the most, you know, loose position they have right now. I mean, I think their greatest single need is probably getting a starter, drafting a starter quality shooting guard. But in terms of, but they also, but they do have a lot of people who can play shooting guard. The center position has been so kind of nebulous. And, and Biz has played so much better, frankly, than I thought that he would. He's a, 
Believe me, I know I know the bar is really low, but he's a dramatically better offensive player than he once was. And he wants to be here. I asked him that question directly, and he said, this feels like home. I think there might be a match there. I could see I could just see it as a sensible sort of holding action. Uh, Kobe Bryant, certainly. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on just your reaction, uh, your overall thoughts on Kobe Bryant as a player, as a person, as a player that retired after the tragic death that we saw on Sunday. Certainly shocking to all of us. You know, he gets compared to Michael all the time, and there are certainly reasons to to think that, you know, in physical style, you know, he moves, that sort of thing. He was a lot like Michael in the way he played. But I'll tell you who I think his makeup is most like is Tom Brady. And by that, I mean an almost obsessive perfectionist when it came to being prepared. There's a really interesting story that Jay Triano told. You know, Jay's the lead assistant coach for the Hornets. Jay was part of the U.S. Olympic team coaching coaches in 2008, when you know the Redeem Team um, year, and they had to go through a qualifying tournament to get in. And one day, Jay was Cody was just I'm sorry, Kobe was just having a random conversation with Jay out in Vegas. Um, and said, what'd you do last night? And Jay rolled his eyes and said, believe it or not, I was looking at video of the Uruguayan na- you know, national team because we might have to play them in the qualifier. And Kobe, off the top of his head, rattled off the first three players on the Uruguayan <laughs> roster and the exact descriptions of how these guys played. And Jay looked at him wide-eyed and said, how could you possibly know that? Yeah, and Kobe looked at him shrugged coming. and said, Kobe looked at him and shrugged and said, we might have to play him. No, <laughs> it's a, it sounds exactly like Kobe, Rick. Thanks for the story. It was Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer. You can find him on Twitter at Rick underscore Bennell. Rick, we always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Sure thing. You have a good day. Amazing stuff from Rick there. It really leaves us a lot to talk about, Walker. But uh, I got to get serious with you for a second. Okay. Are you ready for this? I am ready for it. I'm in scramble mode right now. I'm going to be completely honest with you. When it comes to like Valentine's Day gifts and Mother's Day gifts, uh, I'm always waiting to the last second. Don't be like me. Please make it easy for yourself and check out Queen City Beauty Group. Queen City Beauty Group offers transformational skincare services in Charlotte, North Carolina for anyone with skin. That's a wide range. Queen City Beauty Group is a boutique (laughs) spa with only custom services Every treatment is customized to the individual client's specific skin condition. Owner-operator Nichelle Mosley is a 2018 and 2019 international award-winning esthetician. That's a skin specialist. Nichelle specializes in treating... Did you know that, Walker? I had no clue. I'm learning so much. The fact that she can treat anybody with just skin alone, I apply to that as well as what her title is. Esthetician. Nichelle specializes in treating diverse skin tones with life-changing results. Queen City Beauty Group educates you on how to maintain continued results, and they take pride in exceeding clients' expectations. They offer international award-winning treatments for acne, age management, hyperpigmentation, skin tags, milia, sagging skin, fine lines, wrinkles, rosacea, sun damage, and body contouring. QCBG does monthly memberships. You can get a 20% off savings and individual appointments as well. Give this as a gift. Book their Valentine special today for only $79. It includes a consultation 
and an amazing custom treatment with Nichelle at Queen City Beauty Group. A $50 gift certificate for a future visit, or you can re-gift that. That's great. You can get this as a gift, and then you get a $50 gift certificate that you can give as another gift. They're ahead of the game. They really are. And you get a special gift from Queen City Beauty Group along with that. That's a $250 value. To book, go to queencitybeautygroup.com. That's queencitybeautygroup.com. Book the Valentine special. And here's the important part. Make sure you type locked on in the comments section of the appointment form. When you support our sponsors, you support us. Thank you very much. And I'm not going to lie to you men. If you're single like me, there's nothing wrong in treating yourself. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that at all. Because if you, uh, and to, I mean, maybe you might be surprised, but actually it seems like uh, I think more than 50% of their clientele is men that go there. So I believe that was something that was told to us, which was a little surprising to me. So you don't have to get it as a gift to someone. Well, people look at you and I think they, they wrongly assume that you are a naturally beautiful person. What they don't understand is that you put a lot of work into it. A hundred percent. Yes. This zit in the middle of my forehead. I actually had to work to put it there, but now I need to work to get it out of there. So I'm not going to be single anymore. We'll talk more about my zit next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Decoys all over the place. They've got everybody down at the rim. Ball goes into biz. They do like an XFL style where the wide receiver runs to the line of scrimmage, except it's with Devontae Graham. He picks up a foul. I don't care what you say, Nate McMillan. More like Nate McVillan. Get out of here. Quit whining about the officials. You got plenty of calls. The Hornets got a call at the end of the game. I thought it was fair. Hornets win. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. The Kobe Bryant situation, it's incredibly sad. And a lot of people are reacting a lot of different ways to it. People grieve in their own way. Death brings that type of thing out of people. Some people react rationally, some not so rationally. Um, and, And it doesn't really matter, right? Because it's an extremely sad situation. I think one of the things that's going around on Twitter right now that's being discussed is how we honor Kobe Bryant. I think one thing I absolutely get on board with is retiring number 24 throughout the league. We can go to the one example with Miami. Miami retired Michael Jordan's number. Michael Jordan had nothing to do with the Miami Heat organization. They just decided to honor what a lot of people feel is the greatest of all time. And so if you're going to honor the number 23 jersey, because a lot of people feel he is the best of all time, I'm totally cool with what Miami did, right? Dallas comes out pretty immediately following the Kobe news that they were going to retire number 24 and no one in that organization was ever going to be able to wear it again. I think that every single franchise should do that. I think the NBA should retire the number 24. I think that there is a tragedy level to this because it was so abrupt. Sometimes we do put something, we do put an honor in remembering somebody that died too soon yet still accomplish so much in their life. I do think there's a tragedy level that needs to be evaluated. What I don't think needs to be done, Doug, is the NBA changing their logo to Kobe Bryant. And then there's a petition going around, a, a large petition that I've seen a lot of people are a part of that they have no problem signing that says the logo should be Kobe Bryant and stripped from Jerry West. And by the way, if you saw Jerry West talk about Kobe Bryant on the jump yesterday, it was as sad as anything. Oh, and then it was topped by Tracy McGrady talking about Kobe Bryant. Stay away from your TVs if you don't want to cry because it happened to me pretty much every single hour when anybody would talk about Kobe. Doug, I just think this is problematic. 
And you can get to a pretty morbid place when discussing this. I found this out on the wake-up call, not really thinking about the subject while diving into it. I think when you look at stripping the logo from Jerry West and giving it to Kobe Bryant, one, I don't think he would care at all. Jerry's not going to have any comments on it. In fact, he probably would be in favor of it. But that does seem a little weird to kick Jerry out of the logo and put Kobe there. And there are some athletes that are on the level of Kobe. There are some basketball players that are on the level of Kobe. So in a very morbid place to have this discussion, but I think appropriate, you know, what happens if a terrible, terrible situation would were to happen with somebody else that is close to that level? Would we just say, okay, because we're feeling the pain at that time, would we say, do we put the logo, do we give the logo to that particular athlete? You know, I, I just think that there's a lot of problematic things that come with this. And I just think it should stay with Jerry West. I think people are reacting in a way that I understand, but I think it's too much. So a couple of things. The change.org petition that you referenced there has over 2 million signatures, and that's probably going to grow. And by the time people listen to this, it might have 3 million signatures. And I believe that's the first time that a change.org petition has gotten 2 million signatures. So this goes beyond just a Twitter conversation, by the way. Uh, Bismack Biombo, Hornets Center, and also uh, an NBA Players Association vice president, has uh, voiced uh, his opinion and said that he thinks that Kobe Bryant should be on the NBA logo, as reported by uh, Rod Boone on The Athletic. So this is more than just a Twitter conversation. It's funny, I was uh, biking into work today over the bridge in, in Nashville, and Nashville, Tennessee, by the way, not an not a NBA town. I mean, Memphis is there, but that's about three hours away. And big billboard honoring Kobe Bryant. So this is, I mean, yeah, it's they, crazy. you know, it's, it's a national audience, uh, the, the, the Kobe Bryant uh, story here. Um, so it's significant. But here's an important thing to understand about this. While we all know that it's Jerry West on the logo, t- technically the NBA will not recognize that it's Jerry West on the logo because there are legalities involved when you use someone's likeness in a logo. They'd be, they don't have to pay Jerry West every time they put their logo on something because it's technically not yeah. Jerry West. If the NBA were to change the logo to Kobe Bryant and make that a public thing and say, yes, it's Kobe Bryant on our logo, I mean, I don't know what that would cost the NBA every in terms of royalties that would go. Now, you might say, well, that's going to go to the Bryant family, and that's amazing. Maybe. I mean, it's just it's there are there are just tough places very quick talking about i know i get it i understand (laughs) i'm just look here's here's the thing i think in a in a perfect world it would be amazing to have kobe bryant on the logo he you know he's made such an impact on the game and and this is a tough time for everyone i get it i get the sentiment i just think that ultimately it's not going to happen and i just feel an obligation to prepare people for that that I don't think, even though it has a lot of momentum right now, there are too many, there are too many stumbling blocks to get there. And one of the big ones is that it's not, it's not as if Kobe Bryant is going to replace Jerry West because they don't even recognize that it's Jerry West, and there's a reason for that. So that's that's my take on it. 
<laughs> that was a great dismount. Um, Doug, we had Mike Jaminski on the debut of Rosinski and Yarbrough in the afternoon on 7.30 the game. Shameless plug for somebody else. What am I doing out here pubbing other people? Please listen to my show, 6 to 10. Anyways, Mike Jaminski was on the afternoon yesterday, and I thought he was great. They had him on to talk about Kobe Bryant, and he had awesome stories because Mike Jaminski played in Philadelphia and he actually knew Kobe Bryant a little bit. He dropped a story about him having a conversation with Kobe about how Kobe said he would have gone to Duke had he actually gone to college. And I know that was thrown out there, but Jay Billis was on ESPN and said he wasn't quite sure. Jaminski was very confident in that. And I thought that was interesting that he knew Kobe um, a little bit and was really sad. I, I close to, you know, being brought to tears while having that interview yesterday with Bobby and Mark. So having Mike Jaminski also talk at the end of that segment about Bobby Phils was interesting to me because I want to kind of dissect the tragedy level of this. Bobby Phils was a tragedy. He also died in an accident. It was not a helicopter accident. It was in a car accident. If you're a Charlotte Hornets fan and you have been for a long time, you know the story of Bobby Phils, and it's the only jersey hanging in the rafters right now at the Spectrum Center. And Doug, I, I hope that this isn't I'd hope this isn't viewed as any disrespect. I think pretty objectively we can look at Bobby Phils, the player on the court, and if he were to retire with those numbers and with that type of career, I don't think the jersey would be in the rafters. But I also have no problem with the jersey being in the rafters because as a community, we need to put our sadness somewhere and try to create something great in memoriam for something tragic that happened. And if it means that Bobby Phils jersey is hanging in a place that everybody can see and remember the guy that played for the Hornets, then that's absolutely fine with me. But I also think that with this logo, does the logo with all the legalities that you mentioned, I think is extremely important to mention because yeah, it means that the NBA then is not going to do anything, but also I, I wonder where the logo falls on that level or if the jerseys fix that we know that Kobe is most likely going to get a statue in LA, right? I mean, that, that seems like that's something that needs to happen, and it probably needs to happen a little bit sooner rather than later because of the tragedy. I just am interested in evaluating the tragedy level and how we remember stars or, in Bobby Phil's case, a, a really good NBA player. Yeah, I mean, the logo would be the most significant honor. I mean, it is the, the absolute, it's the face of the franchise. It's the mm-hmm. face of the, the entire the league. Association. The, the face of the association. I mean, it would be the most significant honor that you could bestow on someone um, but it is such a fundamental and radical shift in uh, both your your image as a league and, and also just all the things that would have to happen as a result of it that I'm probably not even thinking about I think as an idea it is especially now because right now everything is still so raw you know as as an emotional idea it appeals to me i get it and i understand why players like bismack biombo are standing up and wanting it to happen cuz biz uh knows uniquely kobe bryant's impact yep. globally on the game because he is so involved with the global expansion of the national basketball association uh, so he he gets it and, and and so i get it from that perspective but but i also i i'm a little bit of a realist probably to a fault it 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 sort of stunts the emotional part of it sometimes when I realize, oh, it's probably not going to happen. Um, but it doesn't mean that the NBA can't honor him sufficiently. Just be, if he doesn't end up on the logo, it doesn't mean that we haven't honored Kobe's, you know, impact on the game sufficiently. But it is because this is such a unique event 
um, we don't have many parallels. So if it did happen, and I'm wrong, and I've known I've been known to be wrong occasionally. If I'm wrong I'm, and it does happen, okay. I I don't know if I would be shocked because this is an unparalleled event in professional sports. And so if what followed was unprecedented or unparalleled, uh, then I wouldn't be shocked. Doug surprisingly admits that he's been known to be wrong, um, but not in this next game. I've been the guy that's been wrong. Really, every single time the last two shows, 0 for 4, I need to fix it. We play box score, bromance, boogie, beatdown, battle, Star Galactica next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I love leftovers, by the way. Huge leftover guy. Oh, man. Dinner dinner for lunch. I love that. Leftover dinner. Swing it into a lunch. Maybe even to a breakfast if you're feeling goosey. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I know we're not supposed to be evaluating the Hornets based off wins and losses this season, but it would be kind of nice to see the Hornets win for the first time in a while. Eight straight losses. They play the New York Knicks tonight. It's at home, so you don't even get the road excuse. This is a team that you've already beaten when you did play them on the road. Remember, Devontae Graham hit a huge shot at the end, and then it was nice defense played on Julius Randle, who forced up a shot that didn't look like it had a prayer to go in. So they did already get a win against the New York Knicks. Doug, seems pretty important to me that they get one here tonight. Um, and they also have an opportunity, I would imagine, against the Wizards. This is the game after the Knicks that they play this evening. Yeah, the Knicks have only won, uh, I believe, two games in their last seven, so they're not playing very well. Then when they lose, uh, they typically lose uh, by double digits. Uh, This is a team that is, I believe they've only won, I want to say, 13 times. Yep, 13 times this season. Uh, They did get a win over the Brooklyn Nets, 110-97, in their last game. Um, but I, you know, I think the Hornets, they, they absolutely need a victory and they've got two opportunities here against the Knicks and the Wizards. They've got to get off this losing streak. It was a valiant effort, effort against Milwaukee. Great start. Now you come back, you've had plenty of opportunities to practice, install some new things. We heard JB, he's installing some new things offensively. So they got to put together 48 full minutes and beat the Knicks tonight. All right, Devontae Graham, I, I forget his stat line against the Knicks. Um, I'm trying to figure out what guy I want to go to. I get the first pick for this box score battle that we have, right? Yeah, by the way, that game back on uh, November 16th, the Hornets getting the victory 103-102. You do have the first pick because you lost last week. Yeah, I remember vividly. Thank you very much. Devontae Graham had 29 points in the last game. Yeah, I thought he was really good in this game. P.J. Washington also had 19 points. Terry Rozier had 16. And then we had Marvin and Malik Monk coming now, off Now, you were going to take a flyer last week on Malik Monk and didn't. And then he ended no. up having the best game of his season. And he's playing in New York. New York rumored yeah. by Ian Begley of SNY.TV to be interested in adding Malik Monk possibly at the trade deadline. Are you going to pass up the opportunity to take a flyer on Mr. Monk? No. Third good game in a row for Malik Monk. First pick. High score. Let's go, baby. You know I love you. I mean, I can't imagine that he doesn't have the ball in his hands a lot in this game. Uh, He wasn't terrible in that first game against uh, the Knicks last time. 5 of 13 13. from the field. 12 points. 5 assists, 4 rebounds. At 5-5. 5 assists, 5 rebounds. Something that he did against Milwaukee. Can he follow it up, fill up the box score, and help you get the victory? I'm going to say 
Probably not. Um, <laughs> all right, here are your two picks. All right, so uh, my two picks are going. To, I'll take Bridges for the low because I'm not sure what his role is going to be. I'm so interested. Are they going to keep? Are they going to put him back into the starting lineup uh, after benching him uh, against Milwaukee in favor of Nick Batum because they were in France? I want to. I want to know if that stays. But he didn't play well off the bench either in the last game against New York. He was 0 of 8 from the field with four rebounds and only one assist. Solid. Yeah. So I I gotta go bridges with my low my high you went you went uh, monk so I'm gonna stick with Graham I mean if you're gonna give him to me I'm gonna take him yeah I mean it seems like I'm being stupid by not taking the guy like I just talked about that right it was the default it's Miles Bridges as the low Devonte Graham as the high you set the default and you set it and forget it That's you got an be- important pick here because your pick uh, in the last game was. Dwayne DQ'd. Bacon and he got DQ'd because he didn't play 10 minutes. So who is your low box score this week? Yeah. Even with Malik Monk having a couple of good games, I feel like that's still a pretty wild card pick. A little scared of it, but I'm going to roll with it. And for the safe pick, I'm going to go with Nick Batum as low score. Did get taken out for Miles Bridges, or excuse me, did get put in, uh, put in for Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges was taken out for Nick Batum. We know that he had been getting some play, even though he does not score the basketball at all. I know that he got in the game because of some Paris affiliation. I get that. But even before that, he was still getting play. Give me the safe pick. Nick Batum, the low score. Malik Monk, the high score. 2-0, baby. I'm back in it. Yeah, that's not a bad pick. I mean, my player to watch over on on the other side of the ball with the Knicks, Mitchell Robinson had a great game in his first game against uh, the Charlotte Hornets. He was rebounding all over the place. I mean, keeping the Knicks off the boards is always key. They, they, despite them being putrid for the past couple of years, they've always been a good rebounding team. The Hornets, and not so much. Uh, so that'll be a, definitely a stat to watch. Uh, if they can keep the Knicks off the offensive boards, you can pretty – easily beat this team as long as you don't have a a huge scoring burst out of nowhere Uh, so should be an interesting game one that the Hornets are certainly I mean they're the more talented team they're certainly capable of winning Uh, but you're going to see a lot of zone defense in this one Walker both of these teams love to junk it up on defense so um, if you love college defense you are going to be into this game no remember last year when Fizz went to the zone and it befuddled Borrego is is that where does that rank in worst coaching moments from Borrego? I, is that number one? It's certainly, I mean, I'm sure there's some rotations we can dive deeper into, but just as far as easy stuff that comes to mind, I feel like not knowing what to do against his own is one of the most egregious mistakes he's made in his two years. That was tough, but he responded well in that last game against the Knicks because they, they threw a lot of zone out in that one back in November. I mean, both teams were um, going zone on zone. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Rook, you know, he's, he's young in his coaching career. You, you, you hope those things iron themselves out uh, by the time the Hornets are ready to be good. Still feel like that was the worst one. I'm sticking by it. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks again to Rick Bennell for joining us as he does every single Tuesday. We'll be back with you tomorrow to recap the Knicks game.